child this thing. So scripture says, uh, for it's written, rejoice you childless one, you who bear no children, burst into song and shout, you who endure no birth pangs, for the children of the desolate women are more numerous than the children of the one who's married. And just felt like, um, I don't know whether you're going to have children, whether you're not, um, but actually, even if you don't have natural ch- children in the natural, that you can have children in the spiritual, and that, yeah, like you are going to you are going to be a, a mother, like a spiritual mother to people. So just just carry that and just, yeah, go with Jesus, go with his love, and you're going to, yeah, be a spiritual mother. And you might be a natural mother, but I, I don't want to speak into that. But, yeah, so I just wanted to say that. And you, like, I'm, I'm going to talk about community, but I feel like don't, like, double, yeah, double guess yourself a question that community is vital. Like, you know, obviously we need the spiritual, but that community, that intense community, um, so yeah, that's amazing. I think it's great what you did, and I think yeah, God's definitely in that. So don't yeah, don't question yourself for that. So yeah, sorry. My name's Amy. I'm really nervous. <laughs> um, I'm used to teaching uh, Bible studies, so I'm like usually got a whiteboard and teaching the Bible, and this is not quite that. This is kind of talking. So, uh, but. Um, uh, yes, I'm Amy. I come from Stansted in Essex. Um, I've got three children. One's in there. Just did a poo. That's why I had to run out. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I'm married to my lovely husband, Alex. And yeah, we live in Stansted. We go to church of Bishop Stortford. Um, I met Michelle when we uh, are crazy girls going out in Har- the streets of Harlow. Love what you're doing, Devden. And that's so true. Like You just have to go for it. I had a ba- you know, baby nine months, so I'm just shoving it around in a buggy in Harlow. Um, and uh, and God also opened doors when we do stuff like that, doesn't He? Like we have favour, we have increase. So when we when we step out, He gives us. He, he, yeah, He He can trust us. He, he gives the ones that He can trust. So you know, I ended up doing Harlow, and then I ended up doing Jaywick, and I did a pro- prophetic ministry for ten months in Jaywick. I don't know if people know about Jaywick and Essex. Castle's the most survived there in the UK, and God was just like, yeah, just go there and love people. And we just did prophetic ministry and just yeah, speaking into people's lives, hired a community hall, and people just turned up and um you know because the world's hungry they're so hungry for it they're hungry for spirituality and they're getting it from the wrong places so when we did prophetic ministry we call it spiritual readings and literally like 99 percent of people that came had done tarot readings spiritualist mediums really opened themselves up some people um to the bad stuff and just explaining that actually we can have the good spiritual realm like i'm a charismatic through and through i love you know we were a prophetic night last night like falling on the floor love it um uh, and god's for that he's for that that presence, that experience, you know, it's all about experience in life. So, yeah, sorry, I won't ramble on. That was not what I was going to talk about at all. So, um, but yeah, um, so I just, yeah, I want to honor you. It just feels like God said you're a powerhouse. Some women in here are such powerhouses for God. Like, so I feel really humbled coming up here, you know. I'm no one special. I'm just... I'm just a, I'm a Bible college. I just have a passion for the word, but I also have a passion for the spirit. And I, for me, I'm all about bringing that together. So yeah, let's do prophetic, let's do the spirit, but let's get in the word. You know, that's a real passion of mine. So, um, and God's given me that. Um, so yeah, I introduced myself. So I've got a list here. So one of the, so we're going to do two little activities because I got told like you have, yeah, your testimonies the following week. So I was like, oh yes, that works. Um, so the first activity we're going to do at start and then we're going to do one at the end. Okay. It's just a little thing. I, I don't know if you always have paper and pens or whether you remembered that that's what I, okay, well, I so, um, what I want you to write down is just pray for a second and just write down like two or three attributes you think you're good at. Or that you think you're good, like not that you're a good mum, not that you um, are hard worker. <laughs> yeah, we're all good mums. Um, 
uh, but just more things like I'm kind, I'm gentle, I'm, I'm loyal, um, those kind of attributes, and just put a couple down. I know it's not as easy to think of our positive things, but just think of a couple. You don't have to be perfect at it. It's not about being perfect, but just think of something. You're joyful, you know, um, you're gentle, you're kind. Just, yeah, two or three of them, and then write it down. That'd be great. Right, so in Genesis 1, uh, the Bible says we are made in the image of God, male and female. And that word, um, this is where I get my Bible stuff, but um, the word image in the Hebrew is a word called selam, and it actually means the idol of God. So what what we are created is actually we are an idol of God. So we know in Exodus we hear God in the commandments say, do not make any idols out of... um, whatever, like we shouldn't make any idols out of anything. Um, But the point is actually, it's not always about putting a God in a wooden statue or something like that and worshipping it. It's the fact that God has made his idol on earth and that is us. We are his representation on earth. We're his idol, his icon. And so what I wanted to do is write down these attributes. It's like, these are who we are. Not That's why I say don't put good mum or something like that because that's what we do. But this is who we are. And these attributes are showing you that you are made in the image of God. Now, that doesn't mean we're perfect at them. You know, only we know Jesus was the perfect image of God on earth. Um, but we are his representation. And these just show us. So you just look at them and you go, this is why I'm made in the image of God. This is why I'm loved. This is why God, um, humanity is called like the pinnacle of creation, of God's creation. Like we, we are it. We are to represent him on earth, on who his character is, who he is so when we walk in these traits we are showing the world the image of God we are reflecting we are being the idol of God to the world if that makes sense so I just yeah I just wanted to talk about that um I'll just say at the end um, that I just want us don't think about it obviously but I, I just want to write down a couple of things that you think you're not great at so for example me I'm terrible patience I don't have patience um, and yeah so but that's what we're going to do at the end just have a look at that but this just shows you that you are made in the image of God and that you are reflecting God's God's character, God's nature in who you are, like you're fundamentally um, representing him on earth and that's why it's so important that as Christians, that we look at this and we have the spirit in us that draws these out, okay? So uh, so I'm going to be like, three keys to successful living. Unfortunately, it's not really, uh, it doesn't sound, it's not very exciting. Um, so I would say that success, yeah, is often not very glamorous and it's often in the mundane. Um, I got a quote here by James Dyson, James Dyson, although I don't like my Dyson, but anyway. Um, and it said, when Dyson invented his first dual cyclone vacuum cleaner, which hit the stores in 1993, he spent 15 years creating 5,126 versions that failed before he made one that worked. But the payoff was a multi-billion dollar company. And what I'm trying to say at that is um, the three keys that I'm going to give you, that actually these three keys are often in the mundaneness of life, the everyday of life. You know, again, if we're charismatics, and I, I love the big breakthrough, you know, the worship session, like we see someone radically healed of, you know, being paralyzed or something like that, you know, and we're like, wow, you know, and, and God does do the big things. He does the big breakthroughs, the massive breakthroughs. Um, but also a lot of the time, what we do when we have the, if we're, if we're Christian, if we have faith in Jesus Christ, we have the spirit dwelling in us. And the, 
and the Spirit is the one that transforms our hearts. He transforms who we are. And he point, and how he does that, he points us to Jesus and what Jesus, how Jesus says us to live. So, <clears throat> oh, I'll just, yeah, so often, yeah, God wants to meet us in it every day, the cooking for the kids, the, the going out on the streets, you know, it feels maybe mundane or maybe just, you know, something that's little, um, or, you know, I don't know, whatever, housework or, you know, going to work every day, you know, and getting on the tube or, you know, getting on the train or whatever it may be, taking the kids to school, doing the packed lunches, is in the mundaneness that actually God, if we listen to the Spirit, actually transforms us and, and, and increases those attributes we've got and also deals with the ones we're not so great at and He work, the Spirit works in us to do that. So... The, the three keys to success, um, one of them, and this is why I said about community, we must be in community. Like community as Christians is non-negotiable. And a community is not based around food or sport or a, or a reading, or a reading group. Of course, all those things are fine. They're great. Like God's given us that. I'm not saying that. But our community is based around Jesus Christ. That is our community. And so, that's what we we gather around Jesus, and so Jesus tells us how how He wants us to live. So that's how we brought, brought, brought together, and that's when we do things like our Bible studies and come here and and um, and and Sunday mornings. But it's also through th- friendships with one another. So like that intense community of um, uh, rehab or. Um, it, it's about, um, yeah, coming together and eating together. Like in the Bible, eating together is massive. I mean, Jesus used that, that, that idea when he was going, you know, break bread, drink what, you know, drink the wine. It's in remembrance of me. In other words, gather around food, eat together and celebrate me and also, you know, talk about me. What did Jesus say? What did he say to do? How did he tell us to live? And it's uh, actually eating together. There's something really spiritual about eating together. So I know, I think you said you did a Bible study with eating together. There's something spiritual, something in eating together and drinking together and spending time reading and talking about Jesus, being gathered around Jesus and then doing the things around that. And uh, <clears throat> because then the Holy Spirit is with, with us. So the Bible says we're two or three or more gathered. So God is there. And the point being that if we're here, we're being, we're being transformed by the Holy Spirit and we're listening to one another when we're loving one another and we're being in community together. And sometimes that's also the suffering. So, you know, what you spoke about earlier, it's Jesus went to the cross. He endured the cross. He suffered the cross with a joy set before him. And sometimes community is not easy. I don't know if anyone, you know, I'm going through something at the moment uh, with my community. And it's not got to do with me, but it's got to do with other people. It's really painful, really painful to go, how do I do this? How do I navigate this community? I want to love. I want to serve. I want to forgive. I want to give mercy. But how do I do, how do I navigate that when people aren't behaving well, you know? It's like, you know, and you'll get that in every community. And by community, I, I do mean church. But obviously, sometimes we think church, it's like Sunday morning a building. Um, I'm talking church community, people together, you know, and that's in our houses, in our buildings, wherever, where two or three are gathered. And so, yeah, just community is is really non-negotiable in the kingdom of God. Um, yeah, Jesus does that. He also talks in his parables about eating. So his idea of eternal life or the kingdom of God, he uses analogies and eternal life he uses analogies of eating of feasting um where you know they're invited in to eat at the table and that's basically got you know jesus is showing us that's what the kingdom is it's to be to 
together to, to gather around Jesus because Jesus always points to himself and the spirit points to him and the father, um, you know, says, honor my son and love my son. Um, everything points to Jesus. And, um, yeah, and, and so, yeah, the, the eternal life, that's what it looked like. I mean, we're not going to, I think most people know we're not going to be on clouds and stuff, but it will be intense community. It's fellowship. It's one another, you know, um, so yeah, so just that's the first point. It's community non-negotiable. Prayer, prayer groups, Bible studies, eating to, eating together with one another, um, do Sunday lunches, brunches, whatever it is, whatever you feel called to do. It's not about serving in in a religious way. It's about loving one another and coming together. And then um, yeah, and even when it's hard, even when you have to suffer, even when we have to forgive one another, it's not about. Um, it's about still being together. There's a, there's a church father that says, um, you, cannot, you cannot have God as your father if you won't have the church as your mother. The idea is it is, it is really, it, it, the, the church is, is not separate from Jesus. Like we're together. Um, so number two, the presence of God is non-negotiable. Uh, so in the Old Testament, the Israelites, which is the people of God uh, back then in the Old Covenant, uh, camped around the tabernacle, which was basically their church, um, that's where the presence of God was. They obviously didn't have the indwelling of the Spirit. He was He was in the tabernacle. God was in the tabernacle, ruling over them. And that, yeah, that's where God presided. And the book in the book of Exodus, after they'd set up the tabernacle, the last few verses of Exodus says, "Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, His presence. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle." In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during their travels. So God must be our central focus, again, in the community and in our lives. He's the central focus. And like I said, we have now have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. So um, the Israelites, the Jews even now, are still waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. Uh, they're waiting for the day of the Lord. Um, uh, but this is what Paul talks about, that he, he didn't convert to Christianity, but he realized that his Jesus coming was, was the fulfillment of the Jewish scriptures, and that actually no matter how well he kept the law, the Holy Spirit never came. But it's faith in Jesus Christ, that's when we get the Holy Spirit, and that's when he comes and indwells in us. And so this is what we have now. He's not in a tab- he's not in a temple. He's not he's not in a tabernacle. God is in, within us, um, as well obviously as in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is here with us, um, and so that so we have that. That's that still small voice, still small voice. We've got to listen to. It guides us, comforts us, convicts us when we're wrong behaviour, but it also cheers us on, uh, builds us up, and and we do that with one another. So that's what prophecy really is. It's when one of us speaks and builds and encourages one another with a word that God's speaking. It's the Holy Spirit and us speaking one another, building up this community. Um, as well as convicting, sometimes we do have to say the hard words to our friends, you know, in, in community and say, should you be doing what you're doing? And we say it in love. We don't say it in judgment. We say it in love. But that's the Holy Spirit because God has always worked through his people. The Israelites, God worked through his people, and now he works through his people. Uh, <clears throat> so... Yeah, so the Spirit of God points to Jesus and then changes our hearts to act like Jesus. So Adam and Eve in the garden, go back to the garden... They said, 
they basically said when, when they ate the apple was not your will, desires or wants God, but my will be done. And obviously later on we see Jesus in a garden and he says to the Father, not, not my will, but your will be done. He reverses everything um, in that moment as well as going to the cross. So, um, so yeah, like I said earlier, sometimes to act like Jesus means to suffer, so it's not easy. So sometimes we have to do the hard work, you know. Like maybe it would have been easier not to go to the rehab, but actually the hard thing is to go and humble ourselves and go, do you know what, I need this. And, and God's with us. He's always with us. But he, um, when we have issues, when we have sin, like he doesn't take the consequences away, but he's with us. Um, but he takes away the penalty of the sin and turns around everything for good. Um, so that's, yeah, that's just not easy as well in our society. So when everyone's living their truth and their thing, you know, and Jesus is like, no, my way is the only way. And sometimes people are like, well, that's harsh. But the reality is that's what we have to do. And sometimes that, sometimes that won't be hard. And sometimes it will be hard. It is, you know. And when everyone else is around you saying, no, just live your truth. Live what you want to do. Live how you want to be. But actually we know that, like I say, Jesus suffered for the joy set before him. And we suffer like in forgiveness, in giving mercy, in loving people that we feel like don't deserve it, in serving. But the joy is set before us that actually that's when we get the breakthrough. That's when we get the freedom. So, you know, again, when you went out, like actually sometimes it feels like suffering was a bit hard. But the reality is the breakthrough comes afterwards and we feel like, oh my gosh, no, I've done something, you know. Um, for God and he's changing our hearts. And so it's in the everyday things that this happens. Um, so, yeah, Jesus' example was self-sacrifice and love for the other and radical generosity. Um, so we're just about loving others and, yeah, and generous with our lives. And then, yeah, the presence of God, you know, that's Jesus, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in us, the spirit of Jesus in us changes our hearts and we become to look like Jesus. And that's what, when we become this image of God, that's when the increase of the attributes come, that's when we become better parents and better co-workers because the spirit is in us the spirit of jesus is in us pointing us to jesus to look like him and we become the image of god that we were always created to be um so yeah i hope this makes sense is this all right good (laughs) um and then just the last point really is don't give up you know fight the good fight don't stop. Um, is uh, Heidi Baker? I don't know if people know Heidi Baker, but she says if you don't quit, you win. In other words, yes, you might fail a hundred times, but at the end of the day, you get up tomorrow and you get going. You carry on again. You know how many times I think, God, I'm terrible. You know, shout at the kids or whatever, and I don't sit there feeling sorry for myself. I go, I'm sorry, kids, or I, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I repent and I get up the next day and I'm better to them. And you just keep going and you don't stop. You don't sit in this self pity because that's from the devil. Because he's like, oh, you know, you can't do this. It's like, hold on a minute. You know, greater is in me than he is in the world you know I've got the Holy Spirit in me and he's doing something he's doing a good work and sometimes it's in the mundane and in the everyday life but we don't always see the fruit for a while and and, and also even with parenting we might not see the fruit some of it for 10-15 years when suddenly our kids are like you know doing good stuff or whatever you know so it's just about, yeah, if you don't quit you know keep fighting um, you know this life will eat you up and spit you out the reality is, you know, that is the reality. Like Jesus has broken the power of sin and death. 
But the reality is the powers are still on this earth. Um, uh, Paul says in Ephesians, you know, the rulers of the powers of the earth, they're still here. They're not to be feared. The name of Jesus, they must bow. But the reality is they're still here. We can't ignore them. We can't think there's a demon behind every corner, but the reality is they are still there. And, you know, a lot of the time that's division and disunity. That's how the devil tries to get us. Um, It's division and disunity. Um, and, and yeah, so it's just keep going because the, you know, Jesus says the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy, but he comes to bring life. Um, so yeah, that's just to be aware of that's, that's a, that's a key to spiritual warfare is, is knowing that he's there, but unity in the spirit, one another, having community in the presence of God, that is fighting the battle against the devil. Um, so yeah, also fight, fight the devil by being kind to the person who's rude to you. Fight the devil by forgiving the person that's been horrible to you. Um, you know, it's not easy and actually it, like that hurts us, but the reality is that's where the breakthrough is. Uh, and you, yeah, you, that's how, that's the good, that's the hard work to look like Jesus. Um, but that, yeah, the, I would say the biggest thing in the kingdom is forgiveness, actually. Like, we talked about forgiveness, I think. But, um, but the biggest, the biggest thing is, is forgiveness, but the greatest freedom is through forgiveness. Jesus says, if, it, if you can't forgive one another, um, then I can't forgive you. And, and Jesus also says, you know, this woman, I think, I can't remember what she's talking about, you know, if she, if she forgives a lot because she loves a lot, in other words, she understands how much forgiveness she needs because we're all sinners. We deserve nothing. We deserve, if we deserve anything, we deserve hell. But Jesus paid the price for us not to go there. So we don't deserve anything. So therefore, if that's our bottom line, that we deserve nothing, we come at the mercy of God and, you know, with open hands and just say you know forgive us God for we do not you know and he said and Jesus says forgive us for they do not know what they do and so forgiveness is the biggest key to the kingdom Jesus is the entry point into the kingdom of God but this is how we've got to live when we say we live in the kingdom of God and if we have any love for God like we will we will obey his his commands so Jesus said if you love me you're obeying my commands and so if you have any love which God gives us bearing in mind we don't have to like make it up you know the holy spirit in us will give us some little twinkle of love for god and if we have any love for god if we want to if we want to um if we want to have more love for god then we will obey him and we'll do the hard work um that he asks us to do but the spirit is there with us so that's basically one of the say brilliant oh that five two excellent um so i just wanted you now just on the other bit of side of the piece of paper like i said earlier just to write a couple of attributes you think you could be better at um you know don't have to fuck yourself oh i'm terrible but just write a couple of things you think do you know what i could just be a little bit better at this and i'm going to try this this week all right so um yeah, just for an activity this week, basically, you know, look at those couple of things that you think you're not great at and, and just pray every day, God, help me be better at patience or kindness or whatever. Um, and then the, and just watch what the Spirit does. Uh, because it's not about becoming Jesus. We can never be Jesus. He is God at the end of the day. But we become like Jesus, who is the perfect image of God. Um and so we follow Jesus and we try to be like him. Um, and then obviously if there's any change next week, you've got testimonies. You're welcome, Michelle. <laughs>